Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastermonico is here to talk about why Katie Hill isn't staying silent about revenge porn and why that's good. And why the Supreme Court is staying silent on a Kentucky abortion law and why that's bad. Then Naomi Perrigan and Kieran Deal join us to discuss whether it's possible for a beauty pageant to be modern. Then, as always, our hills. After this week's impeachment histrionics, it's more clear than ever that anybody who says women are too emotional to lead has obviously never met a male member of Congress. To break down what's going on outside of the GOP baby daycare that is the House Judiciary Committee, it's holiday baking queen pin and former White House deputy chief of operations under President Barack Obama, Alyssa Mastromonaco. Special treat today, Alyssa is live and in the flesh. And looking at Aaron's beautiful red lips. I put on the red lip after a break from it. I needed to take a break. Well, I'm glad it's back today. Thank you. Because well, it's, it's like season. you're you're like a full primary color palette today. Thank you. I want to teach babies' brains how to work. You right? Do every day. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have a stupid question for you. I'm ready. You know that meme that they've been having on, you know, you're seeing on Twitter or whatever. It's like, what's something you can say during blink that you can also say during sex? Something you can say, you know. No, that. I haven't. Oh my god! So it's easy to understand. Yeah, so. it's but everything is a double entendre. Like honestly, I was yesterday trying to type to like write out something, you know, like an intro for this, and I thought, what's something you can say during a podcast intro that you can also say during sex? And I really had a difficult time. And then I was like, come on, it isn't that hard. And I was like, there it is. Oh wow! Yeah, that's good. It's not though. What can you say during a podcast that you can also say during? Literally anything. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. What'd you think of that? Here we go. Here we go. I'm here to host the prices right. <laughs> wow. That's uh, okay. Um, Alyssa, welcome to LA. Glad you're here. Thank you. How long are you here for? Till till 11. <laughs> oh my God. And you're getting on an airplane and you're flying. I'm getting on an airplane and I'm flying to Germany for what I think is going to be like a Wally World National Lampoon's family affair. 
Well, that movie's great. So See? everyone, stay tuned on Instagram. <laughs> you're gonna. So we're gonna have a good time watching you, but you're not gonna have a good time, is what you're saying. I mean, let's just keep those fingers crossed. Okay. You know, I'll be praying for you. Well, it's the first time I've traveled internationally when Donald Trump was president. So it's like before I used to know that if something bad happened, I could contact the embassy, and now I'm like, I should bring flares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if that is it staffed over there. Do people even work there? Guess we'll find out. Have they paid their electric bill? Do the lights still work? <laughs> Who can say? Um, let's get to the news of uh, this week. I mean, there's a lot going on with the impeachment yeah. and this sort of like high crimes and misdemeanors, high crimes and misdemeanors and histrionics packed in a Whole Foods bag. I got to say the upside of being in L.A., I missed like all the news yesterday till I got home and then I just got like the summary. Yeah, it's actually kind of nice sometimes because we wake up, you wake up in the in a time zone that's a few hours behind Washington. Right. And you're like, that all already happened. You you're know like, what? okay, yeah. thanks for giving me the cliff notes. Right. Ex- yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. It's like much, I'm much lighter and freer. Right. It's like watching somebody make your food wrong versus getting a takeout order, getting it home and being like, oh, this was made wrong. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm going to eat that one. Yeah, I guess I'll eat it anyway. I'm not, I didn't get furious knowing that they were making it wrong this whole time. Um, I want to talk about something that isn't impeachment related though, although Uh it's, it sort of fits into a similar, you know, the political universe. Um, Katie Hill wrote an op-ed in the New York Times about uh, the end of her career in Congress or this round. And Alyssa, um, basically she, in the piece, she spells out that she believes that she was a victim of revenge porn. And uh, she talks about the horrible things the right-wing media tried to do to her. Right. And Alyssa, I wonder what you made of it and what you're making of Katie Hill uh, refusing to be quiet and stay on the sidelines. Well, she shouldn't be quiet. I mean, look, the, there is no way to look at what happened to her other than extent, an extension of her husband's abuse. If now he says he didn't release the photos that he got hacked, the nude photos of her that ended up on the internet, but she disagrees. um, And that is clear in the article. But I don't know what, I don't know. I wouldn't, I would not have wanted her to be quiet. And I think that when you read the article and you see what she's been going through the past month, you're glad she talked about it. Like it had to have been cathartic. It had to have helped her to write her story for so many people um, who've probably gone through not something as public, but something similar. I mean, I was thinking as I read it about how the president always talks about being target of a of a witch hunt. Right. Yes. And, you know, he's having all these things revealed about him. But Donald Trump hasn't really had anything that he didn't want revealed about him revealed except for the contents of his beautiful, perfect phone call. You know, nobody has nobody has made revenge porn of him and sent it to like acrimonious media outlets. Right. Nobody has. Uh, and, and even if they did, the public wouldn't respond to revenge porn of a man the same way they would to revenge porn of a woman. Totally. And it just sort of made me think like Katie Hill is somebody who is actually the target of a coordinated campaign. Right. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's like the people complaining about being targets of witch hunts are not the ones that are actually. It's not a real, that's, it's not a real witch hunt. No, it's not a real witch hunt if you're actually a witch. Um, (laughs) Uh, what did you think, you know, she was, she talked about being a target of revenge porn. And I think one thing that a lot of women think about before they run for political office or step into the public sphere is whether or not anything that they've done could ever be used against them like that. Do you think that Katie Hill's career and what happened to her is going to make women feel more hesitant about stepping into the spotlight? 
I mean, we, we can hope not, but, you know, even Samantha Power, when her book came out, she talked about when she was nominated to be ambassador to the United Nations, that one of her first thoughts was, what could old boyfriends say about me? Ugh. And do I, have I ever heard a man who was nominated for something that was a congressionally uh, Senate confirmed appointment say that? No, it's in the same way that like you don't hear men talk about how when they leave the department store, they put their keys between the fingers to walk to the car because mm-hmm. they're afraid they're going to get attacked. I mean, there are just things that women live with that are different than men's conscience, conscious experience. Mm-hmm. Actually, Alyssa, I think it's starting to happen to men a little bit, but only if they've done like the very worst thing. Do you remember Andrew Puzder? Vaguely. Donald Trump's uh, ill-fated nominee to be Secretary of Labor. Vividly. Yes. And it turned out that his <laughs> his wife uh, back in the 80s had gone on Oprah's show in disguise to talk about being a survivor of domestic violence. Oh, my violence. God, right. She had like the, the big sunglasses. The big sunglasses. And the hair. Right. And oh, it, I remember that. Totally. Yeah. 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 And it's a, it was a complicated case. And, you know, she's she's recanted parts of her story. But... The fact that that story even existed in his past wasn't enough to convince him that he wasn't a great nominee for secretary of labor. I mean, he literally must not have thought it was even a thing. He tried it, though. He tried it. I mean, I don't think people should have the audacity to think that they can get Senate confirmation with something like that in their past. Right. But at the same time, I don't want people to be afraid to run for office because they have consensual photos of a sexual relationship on the phone of some jackhole. Totally. Couldn't agree more. No, but the other thing is, too, is that, you know, what she, she had a consensual relationship. Allegedly, her husband took pictures without her knowing. They were released. This is all terrible. But the thing in the article that I, I, of course, I assumed that the response wasn't good, but hearing that her mother was trailed by cameras, that her staff was threatened, that they got all these, you know, trolls coming after them, that they had white powder sent to the office. It's like, what triggers, how could the, I just, it's like, I just kept thinking, what about this story triggered something in someone to continue the abuse against her? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's a part of uh, the makeup of certain humans that I just don't connect with. At, I, at I, all. I don't understand what a per- I'm, I'm trying to imagine what a person could do that would make me go hound their mother or ever harass their staff. You know, like I had vehement, uh, I was vehemently opposed to Brett Kavanaugh being nominated to the Supreme Court. And I think it's gross that he's on the court, but I would never sent powder to his house. I would never show up and do anything that was in any way engaging with him in a way that wasn't about him specifically in that office. I would never, I would never threaten. I, I can't imagine doing anything. No, I know. And I just don't understand. I mean, do you think that It almost feels like there's this little like sexism synapse that if it gets triggered in people, they just go batshit. Right. It's like they become like robots. They just can't stop themselves. Right. Right. They've been. They're on autopilot. They're on rage autopilot. Sexism, rage autopilot. That's very scary. Um, Well, here's something, though, that I got from the article. First of all, Katie Hill is made of really tough stuff. Yes. Uh, Monica Lewinsky level tough stuff that, yes, she's true. A- that she's able to come out after something like this and and still be public and refuse to be silenced. And I honestly think that 
I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that we haven't heard the last from her and that she's going to be coming back and doing important work. Oh, I totally agree. So and good for her. Yeah. Good and it's for her. also the one thing that was great is to hear how much the women in the House of Representatives stood behind her and continue to support her. And it's nice to know the sisterhood is real. Yeah, that was that was good to know. Um, let's talk about a place where the sisterhood is not real. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I guess it's the Supreme Court. This is a weird story, Alyssa. It is weird. It is a weird story. So on Monday, the Supreme Court rejected a challenge to a Kentucky law that mandated that doctors perform ultrasounds and show fetal images to patients before they can perform abortions. So basically, the Supreme Court uh, decided not to strike down this law that required this in, in Kentucky. Um, Kentucky argued that the law is, quote, simple and straightforward, calling it part of a, quote, informed consent process. And they say it does nothing more than require women who are considering abortion to be provided information that is truthful, non-misleading, and relevant to their decision of whether to have an abortion. Um, but then again, after the Supreme Court refused to hear the challenge to it, they were like, yay, pro-life. So it was, you know, it was never really about informing women. It was always, uh, Alyssa, why don't you tell me what confused you about this story? Well, I was, I was genuinely surprised. I, I was genuinely surprised the Supreme Court was like, meh, like this is fucking terrible. This is a form of torture. Like, I think, like, could you imagine if you're in a point in your life, you have made the decision, right? Everyone, like, there's something about this that, about all of these laws, this one specifically, that makes me feel like everyone out there just fucking think that women wake up and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to go fucking have an abortion today. And it's like usually a pretty thought through decision. And I don't need, I personally would not need to go in and be like, you know, Lalissa, hold on before you do anything. Let me just fire this up for you, this ultrasound, and I'm going to make you look. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's so I mean, fucking, it's a, it's mean, it's torture. Do they have to play the theme music from Up while they're narrating it? Do they have to that show was, you drawings of what your baby would have looked like had you chosen to have it? Like, Right. Is that, is the next step like the, the like aged, you know, like imagery of what your child, your of what the... <laughs> Uh, fetus would look like at age 10. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that struck me is that, first of all, there was no dissent from the court. Like nobody, there was no, there was not a peep about this. They that just, was, that was the other thing. I was like, I had to read that a couple times. I was like, wait, nobody said anything? Yeah. I mean, and it is weird because it's also a, a huge violation of doctors' free speech rights. Like to yes. why, what are, what are a bunch of lawyers doing telling a bunch of doctors what they need to say about medicine? That, that, that is the other part that just kind of blew my brain. That you're like, could you imagine like the relationship you have with your doctor and you go in and you're like, doctor, like this is what I've decided and this isn't good for me and it's not right for me. And your doctor that you have this relationship with now being like, well, Alyssa, unfortunately, before we can perform any procedures, you're going to have to sit. What? Yeah. I bet they fucking charge you for the ultrasound too. <laughs> yeah, they do. And you know... <laughs> Doctors don't like this, obviously, because, you know, doctors, doctors shouldn't be told how to practice medicine by people who did not go to medical school. And again, probably could not find the clitoris on uh, with a map in two hands. Um, I just think that it's it's uh, it's something that really violates the patients. It violates the doctors. But I wonder how doctors will comply or not comply with the law, because how can how can lawmakers assure that they're actually doing it? Well, so I actually thought about this and I'm like, is there going to be some sort of like Mitch McConnell inspired sting operation where women go in and try to get an abortion and the doctor doesn't give them an ultrasound and then they go like narc on them? 
Yeah, I mean, but in order to do that, you would have to go to the, you would have to like be pregnant, go right. to the no, point where you were at the abort. That is like a I real I put nothing commitment. above them at this point. It is like real commitment. And then what, you tuck and roll as soon as they give you the, the give you the stirrups and you're like, ha ah, you, <laughs> I got you. Got you. Yeah. It's like if you see somebody that looks like Mitch McConnell in a wig walking into an abortion clinic. Beware. You know, yeah. Beware doctors. You better follow this law. Um, so yeah, this doesn't really bode well for um, what's coming in the court because there is a uh, a law that uh, was challenged in Louisiana right. that is basically identical to a law that was uh, struck down in Texas like four years ago, yeah. three years ago, and uh, the court agreed to hear it again for some reason. So that's coming. Fuck. So gird your loins. And that's and that that case is uh, that they Louisiana wants doctors to have admitting privileges at a nearby hospital in order to perform mm-hmm. an abortion. Yeah, it was one of those trap laws that right. targeted regulation of abortion providers that that applies really weird standards to clinics that makes it so that it's not they're Possible. not able to 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 function anymore. So that's uh that's happening. Um okay, let's move on to toast and roast. Alyssa, do you have a toast or a roast today? I have a toast. Okay, who's your toast for? The country of Finland. Oh, yeah. Let's toast it. Finland. First of all, I love cold weather and Nordic sweaters. So hello. But (laughs) they have elected like a female, a predominantly female led government, including a new 34 year old female prime minister who is a social democrat. You know, when prime ministers start being younger than me, I feel like how I felt when college athletes started being, or like Olympic athletes were all younger than me, where I'm like, oh, yes. But I, but you know what? Good for Finland. Good for Finland. They're giving her a chance. Good for Finland. And she is a demonstrated, she was the transportation minister, I think, before that. So... That's, yeah, she proved herself. That's exciting. Yeah. Good, good for Finland. Yay, Finland. Finally, something good happening in Scandinavia. <laughs> um, I, w- I have a roast today. I want to roast Clint Eastwood. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he seems like a cranky old coot anyway, but um, his new movie, Richard Jewell, depicts a female reporter. Oh, yeah. Who was a real female reporter named Kathy Scruggs as uh, trading sex for, for story. stories. And that is a super harmful stereotype when it comes to female reporters. I, when I was working in journalism, I was a columnist and I did report some stories out, but I wasn't like out there right. digging for dirt, but I was around a ton of female reporters. The entire time I was working in that industry, I never once knew a woman who slept with a source to get a story. And I never heard a rumor of a woman who slept with a source to get a story. That is like the worst thing that a reporter could possibly do. And the part of this story that I found that sort of like was a stake through my heart is that she passed away. She she died at age 42. Right. She died young. And so she's not alive to defend herself right. in the way she's being portrayed in the film. Um, and Warner Brothers has been uh, very uh, aggressive about defending the movie and its depiction of her um, in a way that feels like a, a poorly thought out move. Uh, because you make a lot of reporters angry. They're, they kind of, you know, are they control the media. Right. Know, like, like They can write about they it. They can write and they will write about it. And it'll be the thing that people read. So I guess if you're going to uh, to to showcase an, an inaccurate and harmful stereotype of female reporters, you just got to be got to be a little bit more careful. Yeah. No, agree. Why would Clint Eastwood even make this fucking movie? Um, well, I mean, it is an interesting story. It has a great cast. Uh, John Hamm and Olivia Wilde are both very watchable people. And the guy playing Richard Jewell was the funniest part of I, Tanya. That's where he's from. I shouldn't even tell you his name. 
Derek. That guy. I know. I totally, I, I completely, I kept watching being like, who is he? Like, where is he from? And I, you know, I'm very good at this normally. Right, right, right. But thank you. You yeah. have just, I will sleep easy tonight. Right. So it's a good cast and Clint Eastwood is a good filmmaker, but he has some like kind of goofy ideology. And the word on the street seems to be that Richard Jewell was, uh, he was a person who was basically a victim. And a movie like this at this moment in history paints the FBI as this kind of crooked, bumbling institution that gets things wrong all the time to the point that it ruins men's lives. Really playing into a helpful narrative. Really playing into a helpful narrative. So for that reason, I think that this movie is a little bit, uh, I predict it's going to be the American sniper of this year's awards season in that people that have only seen this movie are going to say it should win awards when it's like, bitch, go watch Jojo Rabbit. Go watch Parasite. Go well, And then tell me. You wait until I see Little Women. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Little Women yet. I haven't seen The Farewell. Um, I did see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought it was fine. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw The Joker. I did not think it was fine. Josh oh, and I, I could never. You know I would have night terrors for the rest of my life. Josh I and I that. got in a fight about it afterwards. And Why? you know what? We're not the only male-female couple where the boy liked it and the girl hated it, and it resulted in a fight. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bunch of my friends are like, I saw it with my husband, and then we got in a fight. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I stayed away from that one. Yeah. Um, Alyssa, stick around. Stick around for the rest of the oh, show. Oh, you can't get rid of me. I'm not, I don't want to get I'm rid of you. I'm basically sitting on her lap. You just can't see me. <laughs> we, we have to Instagram it now because people are going to, de- the people will demand it. Um, but we're going to take a break. And when we come back, personal, political. Before we head to the break, a quick reminder and announcement. 2020 is nigh, everybody. We're days away from a year that will decide who we are as a country. Republicans want to suppress votes and ensure that they get to make that decision. We can't let that happen. The final vote will be extremely close. That's why we've partnered with Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight to make sure every vote we need to win will count at the ballot. Thanks to you, we are now only $405,000 away from hitting our goal of $2 million for Fair Fight. With the money you've helped raise so far, Fair Fight has put teams in states like Michigan, Florida, and in Kentucky, where it helped restore 180,000 voters to the rolls. The governor's race there, by the way, was decided by just 5,000 votes. So if all of you are listening were to donate just $10 right now, Stacy would be able to put a voter protection team like the one in Kentucky in every battleground state next year. This is the most important thing we can do right now to help make sure we win in 2020. Make it the last thing you do in 2019. Or, you know, you can just do it now and do other stuff between now and the end of 2019. But either way, go to votesaveamerica.com slash fair fight. We can do this. We can win if everyone does their part. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. 
I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like parched? I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito. <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you... Stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. And we're back. This is a part of the show where instead of me just sitting with Alyssa, I'm sitting with three other women and I'm super stoked that we're all here in this group. This is a uh, reunification of the money episode. Same group. Oh, yeah. We got so close there. (laughs) What does everyone have in savings? Since the last episode, the last time we were together. I got something from my bank that was like, this is how much you saved in the last three months of the year. And I was like, that's not great. (laughs) That. I mean, I'm largely unemployed this year, so I'm just glad I'm not in debt. Well, yeah. we're doing great is what we're saying. Yeah. I would have money, but I spent all of mine getting a couch bus face. <laughs> permanent, <laughs> like a permanent bus with my face let's, on it. Let's hear, let's hear the names attached to the voices that you're hearing talking about how bad they are with money. Um, <laughs> first up, it was just her birthday. <gasps> it's Naomi Ekparrigan. Hey, girl. Hey. Uh, welcome back. I guess we, this is like the third week in a row that people are hearing you. On Second week in a row. Well, no, because you were on the, the Thanksgiving week episode. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. Well, it, we're back. It's like Look an, at us. We're doing well. I'm drinking Red Bull at a coffee cup. <laughs> oh, Red Bull again? Yeah, another one. Oh, wow. Every, every, every morning. You must have a stomach of steel. You know what? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, she's a bus face. It's Kieran Deal. Hello. Oh, hello. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Thank you so much. How you doing? I'm great. I just got back from Cuba. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. Go That's on. right. And yes. you brought you what? You took your mom, I right? Took mother. Yes. How did she like it? Um, she loved it. Well, I was supposed to go two years ago for a big birthday that she had, and then I forgot my passport. Do you know this story? I think so. I <laughs> forgot my passport, and then I FedExed the passport to myself for $300, and FedEx lost the passport. <gasps> FedEx's motto is, it got there, and there's one place that fucking passport didn't get. There. Exactly right. Wow. So oh, we went. Shit. We went this, uh, we went this uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, it made me realize I don't want to try. Anymore at anything Because of of like beach palm tree culture Uh, Yeah well I was like oh this beach I could just like move here now And Mm -hmm. be done 
yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. be done with I think trying. I, I think some Cubans have known a little bit of struggle. So if you talk <laughs> if you talk sure. to them, they might they might present you with some alternate c- scenarios. Oh yeah, no, this would be me purely exploiting the you know the egregious exchange rate and like you know sure uh, sure being sure. living an expat life sure on a on a secluded beach. You would be like a Russian tourist walking four abreast down Lafayette Street in New York City. Oh. Just no care in the world. Four, where literally. T- Top five pet peeve. <laughs> Get single file yeah, on single a street. This really. is not. Yeah. This is. Not, I don't You're care if it's your this. vacation. It's not your vacation. What yeah. do these Russians yeah. do? And they how can like I be more like that? City billboard. They walk it's wrong. Like four. You know, people like across the full block, and then no one can do anything. And then I passive aggressively walk in the street, huff. <laughs> yep. Don't it. move my bag, so I hopefully like check someone a little bit, so they know I'm pissed. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah, though yeah, I yeah. have, of course, moved for them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although they're not really walking like a Sex in the City billboard because they can't walk in the shoes that they're wearing. Like <laughs> That's a they, good point. When they bought the shoe, it's like very clearly you didn't think it through when you purchased these shoes. You didn't think you would have to walk. You thought you would just like walk out of your building into a car, get dropped off somewhere else, walk to a chair, and sit down. But but no, they don't. They can't walk. Well, I love them on principle, and uh, <laughs> I don't have an entourage, so it would just be me doing whatever they are. Well, then that's I have no objection. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then you're fine. I don't think beach isn't a sidewalk. You can you can kind of meander down a beach. You just lie there. I just want to. I just want to lie there in front of a palm tree. And I was like, this this could this could work. You know, we me. have them out here too. We have beaches. We have Seriously. palm trees. Yeah. Guys, I, don't talk to me about a California beach. <laughs> That's true. Florida's nice. Um, and then up third, I mean, Alyssa, she was on the first part of the show. You guys know her. I'm here. You love her. I'm back. First name, <laughs> first name basis. First name basis. Um, well, I want to get started with our topic because in researching this, first of all, here's the germination of this topic. I'm I got ready. I got a DM from a listener who had been involved in pageants. And she was like, I would really love to hear what like a hysteria conversation about pageants. And my first knee-jerk reaction was like, fuck a pageant. But mm-hmm. then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, why do I process my feelings toward pageants this way? What function have they served in the lives of women who willingly enter them? And, you know, where do they fit in right now, if at all? So, Alyssa, let me get started with you. Oh, boy. Why <laughs> are pageants still a thing? I kind of don't know. You know, I mean, like, I don't watch them. I mean, okay, here's the truth. Growing up, I watched all of them. I thought they were interesting. I did. Well, okay, you guys, I am probably <laughs> at least 10 years older than everybody. And so back then we had five channels to choose from. <laughs> and it would be mm-hmm. on, you know, from, from 8 until 10 or whatever. You know, back then it's like... The fashion, see, now I, back then I saw it differently than I do now. Now I think the fashion is all basically the same. It's all just like one costume designer and there's like, they're not actually naked. It's mesh, you know, like the things that were so exciting back in 1985 are not as exciting now. But I do think that there are parts of the country where like there's pageant culture, Mm -hmm. you know, like, do you guys all watch Dumplin'? No. Yeah. I thought Dumplin' was fascinating Mm -hmm. and it was basically Jennifer Aniston is this aging beauty queen who continues hosting the pageants and her daughter is not a stereotypical pageant goer, but she signs up to be in a pageant. And I thought it was really interesting because she felt good, Mm -hmm. you know, about doing it and proving that she could do it as herself and not trying to be her mother. That's complicated. But (laughs) I mean, I don't really, I have very mixed feelings on the pageants. I do think it's appropriate that we're in the big studio and the lighting in here is very good today. 
um, yeah, for the conversation about pageants. pageantry. Okay, so good. Everyone, you, you three look pageant worthy. I was like... <laughs> everyone here looks very pretty for this conversation, <laughs> which is what I personally think pageants are about. I think it's about being pretty. I think it's about being pretty and like looking and pretty. And poised. And like, but, but really, like I, I was thinking about this and I was like, pageants kind of set the standard of beauty and the body type of like what was appropriate for a long time or even like when you're like a little girl. I think like when that Indian woman, Nina Devari, I think her last name is, when she won, I thought that was very meaningful. Like Mindy Kaling tweeted about it and stuff yeah. because it's like really the first, mm-hmm. I, I that's the first time in American culture history I've seen like, you know, a dark skinned Indian woman, like be named as someone who's very beautiful in like a, in a massive cultural way. Right. And who's considered a standard of beauty. That's right. Right. That's mm-hmm. considered a standard of beauty. And like, there's still a bunch of issues with like body type and whatever, because everyone's very cookie cutter in terms of the shape of the person. But I remember that's like even, and, and the Miss World and Miss Universe, there's so many uh, Indian Bollywood actresses who've won that. It's like Priyanka Chopra, Shweri Rai. Oh, it's right. like a massive culture there, but everyone's very, very, very light skinned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it, that was, I remember that being like, oh, wow. Like, I wonder if that would have, would have changed the way I thought about myself when right. I was younger, mm-hmm. you know, Naomi, I'm going to pivot to you because right now for the first time in history, I think history. Yeah, yeah, the three Miss Universe, Miss America and Miss USA, and Miss USA are all black women. So exciting. And uh, I mean, but as, a, as a black woman, how does that register? Well, no, to you? it's interesting. Like now I was, I, I was saying before we even started, I was like, I don't care about pageants except when a black girl wins. And then I'm like into the moment, you know, and I still mm. wouldn't watch the pageant, but I do. It's what you were saying, Kieran, too, about like being uh, deemed as beautiful by the larger culture mm-hmm. and to think that they all were, you know what I mean? And I was, and also like, you know, we're getting different hair stories. We're getting different skin right. tones. Okay. This is not like all like a light skin, straight haired woman. You know, it's like mm-hmm. Miss South Africa is like a dark skinned black woman who grew, you know, in South Africa, you know, they have a very complicated relationship with black people. <laughs> and so it is like a really cool, you know, that she has been uh, chosen you know, mm-hmm. on the world stage in that way. Um, but I don't find myself like, it's interesting, but like pageants for me, because I do think regardless, everyone is like, they're all skinny and they're all beautiful in like this undeniable way. Like everyone's got a Colgate smile. Right. They're just everyone's like, like empirically, they're yeah. empirically beautiful. You're empirically good looking. Right. right. So like, I don't necessarily, I don't, I'm not like, I feel seen, you know, what I mean? <laughs> right, but, right. but at the same time, it's like cool to see them on like the world stage in that way mm-hmm. you know denzel level facial symmetry <laughs> like a zero a zero to two size waist Man, it's the teeth that really get me you know when they all line up at the end and they're all smiling oh you can't look right at them all that teeth oh. all that perfect pearly just like and the bleak. vaseline the oh, vaseline the uh. whole thing is so terrifying Aaron. please call this episode bleach and vaseline bleach and <laughs> sure sure because uh, that <laughs> and also Vaseline. Yep. Both, both places. Both either top either, bottom, either, top either top end. Bottom. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> this took a turn. And I'm not sure I know what anyone's talking about. <laughs> kind of early. But I'm it? into it. I'm into oh, whatever. No. I'm, I probably shouldn't be. I probably don't know what I mean. You know, I, I mean, I'm a white lady, obviously, and I don't have... It's okay. Feeling I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, I should I, apologize now, too. I'm a white lady. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, but it's I just okay. don't have, like, feelings around, uh, like, a lack of representation of seeing yeah. people that look like me. And so when I find myself being, like, knee-jerk, dismissive, of pageants that I understand that that's something that I've never 
had to worry about. The thing that I um, that I find when it comes to like pageants or, or competitions, because Miss America no longer calls itself a pageant. It's a competition. It's a competition. Mm-hmm. Um, my thought about it is that it's just, it's a sort of, regardless of who's being represented, it, they're still being commodified mm-hmm. and they're still being rewarded mm-hmm. for compliance. And, or maybe they're being recognized as a new way for people to comply with beauty standards. And it just, to me, looks like a preview of what the next season of makeup ads are going to look like. Like that women who look like this are now going to be used to sell me things. And it doesn't, you know, it's, I think that maybe we'd be better off if women were more likely to be recognized for things that weren't decorative. And I would be less like, I would be less kind of leery of pageants and competitions like Miss America if men ever were doing anything. Well, that's entirely, yes, that's entirely doing like the Mr. Universe and like, aren't there, isn't there like a, yes, like like a bodybuilding competition, bodybuilding competition. competition. Yeah, but it's it's not like exactly because what kills me about it. I remember like back in the day, like old school or maybe also just like smaller scale pageants where the um, talent would be like a weird random thing. Like yeah. a woman could do where you'd be like, this is so fun. Like you're playing the symbols and like doing something <laughs> more like, is this, like what boomers like it feels like now it's all just like kind of basic stuff. Like I did a dance or something. <laughs> yes. And I just feel like that's I think the other aspect of it, too, that like even when it comes to the talent portion, which is supposed to be like individual or show some sort of um, above average capacity for something. It's not anything like super special the way it used to be. It feels like, and then it's also, but then also talking about pageant culture. And it's funny because when you said this, someone reached out to you to ask uh, to talk about pageants. I was like, you're being trapped. I can't (laughs) believe you let someone entrap you in this way. But in other places, look, because it's not simply the big pageants because these are the ones that we all see. It says smaller scale stuff, but we're in a lot of places, you know, you win money for doing those pageants mm-hmm. and that money mm-hmm. can like make a difference in your home and, you know, your, yeah. your family or like, you know, like buying high school clothes right. and stuff where it's like for some people that is the avenue to, to get there. But then right. the question is the thing I've never liked, but I don't know how you get around it. Right. How do you become Miss Universe without doing the smaller stuff? I don't like children having to pageant mm-hmm. like that's what kills me to me it's like right. you said, if you're willing if you're like 21 and you're just like i like being pretty and i love going to dry bar like mm-hmm. be a pageant princess <laughs> yeah. if that's what you want but it's right. like what if your town doesn't have a dry bar well then honey you're doing it yourself so, with the youtube then thing. you're getting a con air hair dryer and a round brush, <laughs> yes. a brown brush okay practice maybe yes. some hot rollers yes. i'd feel better about it if there was like a miss menopause you know what I mean? Like, you know it was like on the old, like, I, I don't, I just want. Now like, you're talking my language. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Honestly, I just want like. Being Miss Menopause, it's called being a morning show host. Like, <laughs> that's. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, it's, yeah. here's here's the thing. Like, no, I want a pageant, Aaron. I want a pageant. Uh, I want a 65 plus pageant. But I you want have to talk Mirren about hosting. your menopause. <laughs> huh? You want to talk about your menopause. That's part of yeah. the talent. That's the problem with the morning show hosts. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Tell me you're having a hot flash. Yeah. Oh, really hot. We're going to have to take a break. <laughs> when we come back, she's wearing a tank top. Yeah. I right. want there to be like Personal a room. Fan. No, I want there to be a room where all the audience members where it's like she makes you feel what her hot flashes <gasps> feel like. And like the more yeah. that she can make that, you know, your reality, it's like that. And then you get scored on that. Okay. 
This is a whole new sport that we're in. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, well, here's here's something that's that I kind of get stuck on is that I think that no matter how many times it feels like every single year, it's like we're modernizing it, ladies. <laughs> right? It's Miss America is for career, and it's true. A lot of women who have had really successful careers did come up through the through the pageant system through Miss America. Right. Gretchen Carlson, for example. Right. You know whether or not you like her her politics and her whole her whole thing. She was Miss America, and she did have a super successful career in broadcasting. Um, but but I got kind of caught as I was reading about the Miss America pageant modernizing for what feels like the umpteenth time. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been reading about it modernizing <laughs> since I was 18 years old. Um, Gretchen Carlson said the new version of Miss America, which isn't a pageant, it's a competition, um, is to play out as if it's the day in the life of a successful woman. And I just want to read this quote. Oh, so this yeah. is Gretchen, Gretchen Carlson's <laughs> concept of how Miss America's pageant or competition, how it how it mirrors the life of a modern woman. So modern women, you were mm-hmm. all modern women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me if this resonates. Um, you might be casual when you introduce yourself in the morning, she says. True. <laughs> then so that's you, men's pajamas, right? Okay. Right. Uh, t-shirt I wore the day before and no pants. Uh, <laughs> then you put on a business suit and do an interview. Oh. Okay. okay. Uh, then you go out and do what you're passionate about taking not wearing a business suit uh, huh? which is your talent and then at night you put on your evening attire so that is the, the life of the modern one. <laughs> so when I read that I was like well, I do have feelings about that that's kind of batshit crazy <laughs> how go, go ahead well no I think this is the problem with the pageants and this is the thing like to me pageants are like just part of like oh white dudes trying to hold on to the past Right. Like the that idea of like a modern woman, but it's still like Grace Kelly. Like anytime a modern woman, like who's got time for a quick change? Yeah. Who has time for outfit changes in any given day? I take my cardigan off. That is my change. That's, that's when I have night. a hot flash. Your so, day to night. There look. we go. Exactly. You are a New York woman. You are supposed to layer. You're supposed yeah. to have a pair of shoes in your purse. Like the thing I think is it reminds me of what I thought it was like. What what I because I, I would watch Sex in the City and I'd be like, oh, that's what it's going to be like to be an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like when you're so young and a naive giant artificial and you flower on your lapel. <laughs> yeah. Or just okay. like, oh, it's going to be like me and my friends having brunch drinking cosmos, cosmos. <laughs> we're gonna live in big apartments and have jobs like writing stuff on words on a computer did you really think or you'd something get a big apartment no i've never had anything but did you think it was gonna happen because i didn't i yeah, don't know like you, i don't think i understood negative, real estate yeah, like, I like, I or like, i didn't know is, i knew it was like tv and crazy but i'm just saying like this idea of like i'm informal in the morning that means half asleep what i'm passionate about is eating also, <laughs> you know yeah. anything about being a real ass adult you don't do your fucking passion every day maybe no. if you're lucky it's if your passion happens to be being a lawyer and you're a lawyer <laughs> do you know that I mean, like yes. i did it like you you put on your suit and then in the middle you unwind. That's what I mean about changes. You can't possibly. If you're wearing your business suit, you're working until 7 p.m. minimum. Yeah. Minimum. You get home, maybe you make a microwave meal. Well, then eating. Eating, there's your passion. You know what my unwind was at the White House? You could do that in your evening attire. (laughs) If we were still at the White House at 7 p.m., Spanx came off. Oh yeah, wow! Okay, that was that was That's my. That feels line. like that feels like grown up woman. Like yeah. what you're describing is. We were like, "Fuck this!" and just roll them down. <laughs> <laughs> Forget this. Actually, that would be a true modern woman. If America, yes. Miss America, wanted to modern, it would be like, okay, now everybody take their spanks yes. off. Yes, and it wasn't pretty because if you've ever seen Wanda Sykes do stand up where she talks about her spanks, yeah. and then her stomach ethyl takes over, yeah, uh-huh. and they slowly start rolling down on their own. <laughs> that was it. That's modern, but but. 
But I think it's so impressive that you even put those spanks on in the morning. And I never will again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Never will even, again. even that you would put those on, you know, from I the did. jump. You yeah. know, yeah. For work. yeah for work. He was the Doing first black work. president I wanted to represent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's something that I was that I was also thinking about reading about Miss America as a competition for the modern woman, preparing her to be, you know, ready, you know, whatever. Um, there are a lot of other ways that women can go on TV and compete now. They can be on The Voice and just right. have it be entirely a talent competition. The Bachelorette. They can be on The, bach- or the Bachelor or <laughs> well, The that's Bachelorette. That's a pageant. That's yeah. a pageant. That's essentially a pageant. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. And I am not going to lie. I enjoy the shit out of The Bachelorette. <laughs> so I what's really the difference do. between The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and like Miss USA? I mean, because There's they not are- a huge difference. There's not a huge difference. That's why I said I have complicated feelings about pageants because I'd Mm. be lying if I criticized pageants but then said I fucking love The Bachelorette Mm -hmm. because when all of those men or women, whether it's The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, show up in evening gowns with their faces completely painted, their hair done, and the whole point of the first episode is the first impression and the first impression rose, it's a fucking competition. Yeah. Does it make you feel better that there's an a, a, a like a direct equivalent male competition. Sure. Like, <laughs> like here's the thing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like it does, but I still watched it. You know, back in the but day. But isn't there the thing with the pageants? Right? Is ostensibly again starting this idea that you've been doing pageants for a long time. When we finally watch the big ones, you know, on TV, right. these are women who have been doing this for years. Who are like, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like what I remember about it most was like representing your state. You know what right. I mean? Or like how it was like I am. You know, obviously Miss Universe, like representing my country, like all this kind of thing, where it was like. This is a point of pride, not just for me as an individual, but for for my home, my right. home life. I agree with that. In a way that is supposed to make it feel a little like more important than the Bachelor yeah. or Bachelorette. It's like I was chosen by twelve producers mm-hmm. versus <laughs> like I've been doing pageants since I was seven. I was you know? well. It's true. It's like when you read through some of these, it was like Miss Oil County, mm-hmm. Miss Oil Country, yeah. like two thousand seven. Like it is. There are there is a. A pedigree? There's a pedigree. You know, it's like you start out with like your local neighborhood pageant, yeah. and then you get to the town, and then the county, and then some sub-states shit, and then you're like, Miss New York. Yeah. You know? Right. But my, it's so much work. My biggest question was like, who gets rich off of this is is always my Not question. the winners. Right. Like, no. who is yeah. getting rich off Not of even. the thing? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought they'd at least get like, I don't know, six figures, something to really create a nest egg for themselves. No, but they're sort of like, I mean, they're they're not not... Exactly. But they're similar, like NFL cheerleaders or any Mm -hmm. professional sports teams, like dance team. They just are not compensated commensurate to how much, how visible they are and how interested people are in seeing them in public. It's just, it's not, it doesn't seem totally fair. And also they're subjected. When I was reading about the history of the pageants, they've been subjected to some really, really fucked up backward standards. Like until 1999, oh, yes. in women who entered Miss America had to sign mm-hmm. a pledge yep. saying that they'd never been married or pregnant, pregnant. Yep. until 1999. Yep. Which is, my, my brain is exploding. Right. Never yeah. been married or pregnant. And now they've just changed it to don't have children. Yeah. You, so you can mm-hmm. you can have had an abortion, I guess. We can have which right would never ever happen. Right. Uh, make that make that a modern pageant, I suppose. Yeah. Um, or your talent. O M G. That's a real girl. My God. Go back to work, bitch. Um, there you go. Another thing that they've done to try to modernize the the pageant is eliminating the swimsuit competition. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. It seems like a... Okay, so I, in my hometown in Wisconsin, they still have a pageant, the Miss Frederick pageant. And it is and was um, a way for girls in that town to get experience being on stage right. and like preparing for an interview. It was mm. actually like I wasn't in it, but a lot of my friends were. And the girls who won were usually just the the young women who had like learned to be poised. And it was just the one, it was like one of maybe two or three ways in that town where you could learn how to do those things. Right. And so it was really valuable for those for those See, young women. But they did have a swimsuit competition until embarrassingly recently. And there was a fight about it being canceled. Yeah. So who were the judges? Do you remember like what, like where they came from and like, you know what I mean? Like the local business owners or was it a, you know what I mean? There was a lot of times like the sponsor. Mm -hmm. So like the business owner. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it was also sort of a dumpling situation where it was a lot of times former Queens or like women from other towns Mm -hmm. who also competed in pageants or like a, like a a teacher in the school. But um, it was usually, I don't remember it being a lot of, men judging the competition Um, because you know when I think about men judging a competition I think about like Donald Trump wandering into the Miss Teen USA like you know locker room or whatever but even if it's not there's just to me it's like leave children's bodies alone Mm -hmm. and that's what I don't like this idea that like a 16 or 17 year old is just like they can stand in there sucking it in being like do you like me owner of Walworth yeah I have to ask have any of you ever watched Honey Boo Boo Yes. Mm-hmm. No. That's what makes me sad. She, I mean, but like that girl has a startling self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't mean like she shouldn't, but I mean, I, fa- I found, I've only watched the show a handful of times, but when we were, I was reading all of this, I did think about Honey Boo Boo and I feel like, you know, good for Honey Boo Boo. Well, she's got her, com- but then at the same time, what killed me about Honey Boo Boo was how like her parents were basically like, you have to win because you are going to keep us alive. Well, yes. And like Honey Boo Boo like definitely needed to read books more. You know what I mean? Like that was the issue. It was like, it was like, no, this should not be this seven-year-old's job mm-hmm. to keep true. this family That's afloat. True. And also you are in no way trying to cultivate her intellect. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, see, I came from a small town too in upstate New York and at the Dutchess County Fair every summer, there were competitions and I would always go to them because my sister danced in the talent tent. Mm. And so that was where, you know, the Fryhofer talent tent. And that was where, like, I would watch it. And that was the thing is that in, in Rhinebeck, and this is back before cable and the internet and everything, it was the first time I actually, I was like, whoa, like, I remember thinking, oh my God, that woman, like, she's just up there talking. You know, and yeah. I, I was a bit in, not, I won't want to say like totally inspired, but I was like, God, imagine being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Now look at us, fucking headphones on, talking <laughs> to microphones. Well, it's not the same as looking. It's, we don't have to make eye contact. <laughs> no, it's true. But I do, but I did, I remember like them winning and I was like, oh, they're going, because the ultimate, ultimately you go up through all the counties and then yeah. you can maybe be Miss New York. Yeah. 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 Um, here's another thing I was thinking about. We all have like burned into our cultural collective memory, these like pageant bloopers that we kind of all rem- like. I rem- I remember them with glee, and I cannot help <laughs> lo- like remembering them with glee. But all of them have this sort of like 
ugly epilogue to them. You know, like the remember Miss Teen South Carolina? No, getting asked yes. a question about maps. And, oh right. Um, <laughs> she said that you know you can find the video online if you're interested and you haven't seen it. But um, she get, she got asked a question and she really bungled the answer in a way that it was just didn't make any sense. It was like it was like Donald Trump at a press conference. You know, it was <laughs> it didn't make any sense. But um, and then so she, she can be president. She well, no, she's not a man. She's, she's not. <laughs> what a, was I thinking? She's not a big old gross man. So no, she can't be the president. <laughs> uh, but she like had you know the aftermath of that for her was she suffered a lot from it. Do you think right. that there is misogyny in the way? Like I, I think that a lot of critique of pageants and uh, competitions uh, like that is is founded in in something real. But I also think I don't know. It seems like there's some misogyny in the way that we critique people in pageants. Do you feel like that at all, Karen? This whole conversation is making me pretty sad. Um, Why? Well, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like pageants. I don't like them. What about them makes you feel the most uncomfortable? I just like, I understand that it's people's, like it's people's rights. It's absolutely people's rights. If like, if you want to, and it's voluntary and you want to go do it, dope, go do it. If you need the money, that makes me a little sad because yeah, I'm right. like, I wish there were other avenues available for you to make the money. If you're not going to be the person who's like seeing the majority of that income after you've done this thing where like you might have lost 80 pounds, 60 pounds, worked out in your basement until you were trying to die, like in some of the research that right. you sent us mm-hmm. because there was a swimsuit competition and you're not even seeing the financial rewards of that, that feels to me like an extension of the equal pay issue, mm-hmm. you know, and like, and then it's a young woman's beauty being exploited mm-hmm. for the good of someone else making all of the money off of that thing. So it's like, to me, it's like the difference is it's like, who's, that's why that, that's the question to me. I was mm-hmm. like, who, who is getting rich off of this is the question. So it's like, if that woman is able to like weaponize or exploit, you know, her beauty or whatever that competition is to make her own career like Gretchen did, and she used it as a platform, like maybe she decided to play ball just to, you know, because she knew that that was an avenue for her. And Mm -hmm. that was like something, a privilege that she could kind of weaponize. But it kind of bums me out on a fundamental level that that is still one of the major avenues Mm -hmm. that women have to weaponize, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, and it has to be young women and it, you know, and, and that's very meaningful for when you're very young, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're like, it, it, it does something to like, I think young girls under 12, when you see what a woman is quote unquote supposed to look like or be like, like having those alternate mm-hmm. images of what, of what beauty and success are is like so valuable. You know, you hear people saying with like Lizzo, like what a massive sure. deal it is just mm-hmm. to have like representation. Mm-hmm. And I guess if it's a part of our culture that is, is just a segment of it and not like the major, like you were saying when you were watching on one of five channels, right. then maybe that's fine because there's alternate, you know, right. options. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just feels like it's part of a bigger, a bigger narrative or a bigger pie where like this thing, which ideally really shouldn't be so important, is is still front and center and you're not seeing the women even make the money off of that thing right. that is theirs. Well, it's also what you were saying. I think it's also, I'm like, yeah, it's, it is misogyny. Mm-hmm. This idea that, you know, in the, because I think for instance, those bloopers, mm-hmm. I think what we all, people tend to latch onto with those bloopers is look at the pretty dumb girl. Yes. I you know what I mean? That. Yeah. that is, that is exactly what they're saying. And it's like, and it's like schadenfreude and it's like, see, she's hot, but she's a fucking idiot. You yeah, know what I mean? Or like, she's not perfect. Idiot. It's like catching they someone being that. not perfect. Right. Right. And you it's know? like, and it's like, to me, it's just like, well, that is, you know, but then I think about, you know, 
again, I don't know what the preparation for it is, and I'm sure people will slide in the DMs and explain, <laughs> but I asked about the preparation. I think we all know what the physical preparation would be, but when it does come to those kind of questions, because some of those questions is like, what you asking her that for? <laughs> she just sang, sang the Star Spangled Banner. And yeah. now you want her to come through with like policy. You know, yeah, and yeah. it's like that <laughs> yeah. is the part that I think is like, it's an un, it's unfair. Which P.S. I also couldn't do. Do you well, know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Or like, you know, if but, somebody was like, if, what, you, what would you want to do about Africa? And I'm like, <laughs> well, but like, what? also though, if you knew you were going to have to ask the question, do you really know it or did you memorize something? Well, yes. You know, right. that's sort of the. But that's what I mean. And when the I see around when the things, when I see some of the women competing like if they choke when they're answering I get so sad because they're not dumb they just got nervous yes. right. you know yeah. like it's not like they right. they made it to this point and didn't they tried their best they yeah. were prepared no one showed up not prepared but mm -hmm. it's like that's what does make me like I don't even mm -hmm. I didn't look at any of the bloopers because I know that they just got nervous. Like, mm -hmm. I get nervous and I say dumb shit sometimes. But I think they give them hard questions right. sometimes. Yeah. I, I think to me, sometimes they do that on purpose, right? Like, you could prepare something and then get a curveball. And they do that, I think, for the drama of it, for the, like, right. you know, let's see how she's going to get out of this one. This is the tension of a pageant, right? We've got to yeah. have a commercial break. Yeah, it's sort, like, of, it's sort of like single-serving punditry. Like, there are a lot of fucking idiots who are cable TV pundits, and yeah. they're really skilled at taking questions that should be curveballs and, like, jujitsuing it into something else that is not a reflection of anybody's intelligence that yeah. just means you're good at this one skill useless skill, skill. Yeah. and i don't know that that's the best demonstration of somebody being like the best uh the best uh, ambassador mm -hmm. for young women everywhere i also want to talk really briefly about what happened to vanessa williams and how mm. totally fucked that was yeah. Alyssa, do you remember that do you remember being a kid and i do yeah. how did you experience it well so i remember you know she was she was miss america and then she did Playboy, right? No, she didn't do Playboy. Old pictures. That yeah. she oh, that's what it was. Pictures, that's yeah. oh, I. You know what? I conflated with the San Diego Chargettes. Okay, the, <laughs> which is but those two stories actually are what I conflate. Mm -hmm. And no, I just remember being like, well, what's the? I mean, they humiliated her. Right. I mean, they didn't they do a whole ceremony where they took the crown off her head? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I remember because yeah. it was like on the nightly news. That's the only way. I, that's the crazy thing. That's the only way I would have seen it as a kid if either Tom Brokaw or Dan Rather was talking about it between six and eight p.m. And so think, <laughs> but that's like right. a wild thing that like. So they the don't context. Talk the context was that she was Miss America and she was the first ever Black Miss America. Right. And it was a huge deal. And uh, pictures un unauthorized nude pictures that had been taken of her that she had not authorized their publication were published and she had to, she had her crown taken away. And like, she was a sh like, it was a whole thing, you know, it was because. was a fall from grace. She had to rebuild in America's eyes. Right. Literally, like her career. You know what I mean? Like it was very like, not Vanessa Williams for a while. And then she came back, thank God. Mm -hmm. well, like, but it was bad. And like, for me though, it's like in that period when I, I did, you know, the whole family would watch the nightly news together. It was kind of like the one story about a woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, tight, tight, I tight, mean, tight. that's... Tight, tight. Well, that's America's number one woman. That's what it is to be yeah. Miss America. You're the number one woman in America. I think we just love as a culture to throw a virgin into the volcano. We love uh, to, like, yeah. b bring a woman up, whether that's our pop stars, our reality stars, like our, our, our uh, um, Jennifer Lawrence's. We love to, like, build them up and build them up and build them up and then 
push him into the magma. Be like, oh my God, you're mortal. Yeah. It's also, there's a very weird relationship with nudity in this country, you know, and like, and the puritanical, like, can't show a nipple. Do you know what I mean? Like this whole, like, you know, I want to see it, but I don't want to see it. Like, whereas in like, you go to a beach in Europe, it's like everyone's naked and it's gross. (laughs) And you don't have to be And it's everywhere. It's all everywhere. It's all like, ugh. Standard. Oh. The standard is just nudity. Yeah, right. yeah. The standard right. is like awful nudity. And I was like, and I was like, wow, I gotta get like that's why I want to live on a beach now. <laughs> no, I mean, everybody over there looks like a pile of pancakes, and they're fine with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, real quick, we have to wrap this conversation up. Mm. But why do you think we keep making movies about pageants? I, I, I was like looking, I was, you know, in the research, I was, th- I kept thinking about all these movies that I love about, pa- I love Miss Congeniality. I love Sandra it. Sandra Bullock is a fucking delight. She is a delight. <laughs> in uh, both of them. But, yes. Good. Both Miss Con- Mrs. Congenialities. <laughs> Miss Congeniality too, armed and fabulous. Yes. <laughs> I want her to, I want to do Miss Congeniality. Menopause. Do you know what I think? <laughs> do you know what I think? Why I think the and movies beyond. are so fascinating? I think the movies are so fascinating. I've watched every single one. Like I said, I've watched Dumplin' multiple times. <laughs> is because we've all seen the pageants, but these movies tend to make you feel a bit better about the pageants in the following that you see they don't wake up like that. Mm-hmm. They don't, they are much, they wake up much more real. Then they are on stage. They have real problems. You know, they are like, that's the underlying yeah. thing in like all those movies is, is like there's something more right. going on. And so I just think it kind of like demystified, like on the one hand, people watch them because it's part of their culture and what they grow up with. And they like to see it because it's something familiar to them. And then someone like me who really didn't, aside from the Fryhofer tent at the Dutchess County Fair, <laughs> who didn't do that. And I'm interested in it because I want to see why people love it. Right. So I feel like that's why I watch it. Hmm. But it also to me, that's also the story, though, is very much like they're all crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the behind the scenes, like part like Drop Dead Gorgeous. And then um, uh, in Dumplin', like where it's like my mom's crazy or these women are like trying to make us something we're not. And then inevitably you have a character, whether it's the main or just someone else in the pageant. There's always like the one badass who's like Mm -hmm. fucking with the pageant system. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like fun to watch, you know, the come up insert, like that character, like stick it to the man. Yeah. And so you get to kind of see both, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it makes you feel better. Right. But then also you're kind of like, oh, like some of these people are just wild and goofing. And let them have their moment in the pageant sun. Mm-hmm. And then in Miss Congeniality, there's an element of like female friendship yes. and like, it's like and real camaraderie learns. that right. like has mm-hmm. some heart. They're and like gluing each other's butts. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or they're helping her catch the criminal, you know, right. when they realize yeah. that she's Sparks the flying. undercover person beyond, you know. But she learns from them. Like it's like, you know, because she was like, she's very like, I didn't want to be a woman, you know, the way like acting a certain way. But then she learns from all the pageant girls like you know, this isn't effortless. Like we are more than just being pretty, you know, yeah. like all the things like behind it. And then she's like, wait a minute, wait, can you be a woman and be messy? Yeah. And maybe I'm a woman. I think, you know how like <laughs> a lot of, I'm, I am I a woman? I, I think, um, know. you know, in a lot of eighties movies, a lot of eighties movies were about like the, uh, fairy tale of class mobility mm-hmm. and it was all like it was sort of like I I you know broke through but the system is still in place I think that's what a lot of like beauty pageant movies are they're about challenging it and maybe one person breaking through but the system is still intact so right. we can be happy mm-hmm. for them but also we're still safe because the system yeah it's a win-win yeah that holds everything <laughs> together it's still 
here and we're fine, even though um, I'm going to say Drop Dead Gorgeous has some of the worst Minnesota accent impersonations <laughs> I've ever had. As a connoisseur of accents and as a as a native of the region, I'm just like, oh, okay. my God. Well, every Miss every Miss New York is basically Joe Polnicek from Facts of Life. So. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all a little Joe Pesci. Yeah, right. You know? like, there's definitely like, how a, you doing? I'm walking here. <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you guys for sticking around for this conversation. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, the hills will die on. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Okay, we're back. We're at the part of the show where we get real petty about things that don't really matter. It's the hills that we'll die on. Let's get started with our listener hill. My name is Patty, and the hill I will die on is that when you are doing a toast, you have to take a sip at the end. So many times you see in real life in movies, people offering a toast, saying cheers, clinking their glasses together, and then just going right back on with the conversation. And that basically ruins the entire ritual. A toast is to drink to someone or something, so why stop right before you do? So remember, this holiday season, when you are part of a toast, after you clean glasses, just take a hot second and take that sip. Okay. I abide that. Yeah. It's, it feels weird to not. It's supposed to be bad luck. She said, I Maybe like that's just, just an Italian thing. Yeah. It sounded like she was like on the radio. Like she had her voice. It was like, I was very like, it felt like very like poised and presented like a, maybe a Miss America. Yeah. <laughs> it was, well, it was well paced. Yes. It was like a well placed hill. And she's like, take a sip. I'm like, all right. You, you know what? She, she was convincing, but I will say that I think one of the reasons you see that in movies and television is because of the amount of coverage that they do. So if they <laughs> sip one time, you got to sip like 55 times. So people try not to uh, eat or drink because if anything is gross, like it's normally like sweet apple juice or something. You know what I mean? Because uh, you're not allowed to drink on set because it's a <laughs> workplace. I'm making a lot of air quotes right now. Um, Why not just give you water? Water is good for yeah. you. They Water could. with the little food coloring. Yeah. Just think about it. Yeah. I understand what you're saying about continuity. Don't get me wrong. But God damn it. At least put it to your lips. Yeah, I love the way you're you saying, know? but are we speaking to the truth of the moment? <laughs> <laughs> we're right now, Karen, we're talking about the truth of the moment. <laughs> How dare you? Um, okay, Naomi, since you have to jet a little early, do you want to do your hill next? Yeah, I'll tell you my hill. Oh, here we go. God damn it, Karen, shut up. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what made me mad. So as you, as you know, I am a newish dog mother, four months in with Mabel. Now... Something I've noticed well before I even had a dog, but now that I have a dog, I'm like extra annoyed because I know it can be avoided. People who walk their goddamn dog on a leash with that dog like across the block. Like, do you know how like, you're on a sidewalk and a person like their dog is across? I saw a man face plant because this woman's leash, it was like a thin kind of one of those retractable ones. And her dog is on the other side of the street, like mm. the other side of the sidewalk. And he's walking and he trips over the goddamn leash cord. Now, as someone who now has a dog and is living this life, 
Keep that dog next to your ass, okay? This is not you and the dog and the only people on the street. And even like Los Angeles where there barely are people on the street. You have to do it. I was walking down and there was a man on like a, a jazzy scooter. And oh, I see him God. and I move over. And he goes and he's like, he's like, oh, thank you very much. And I was like, of course. like, duh. And he was like, you know, you, he's like, you would think. Like this was like all as he was passing. He's like, people will normally, it'll be on him and the goddamn scooter to move around somebody and they damn dog. Yep. What kind of sense does this make? And I see it and it makes me so, it's like so frustrating when someone's just like, it's like they're half scrolling on their phone. The dog is up the damn street. Leash just there for everybody to trip and die on. Keep yeah. it together. Keep the animal next to you. Keep the leash close by. I'm done. Mm-hmm. This is, but that's why I have a cat. <laughs> and that's part of the general like dog entitlement of Los Angeles. There's a general dog entitlement country, like, like culture. If you're mm-hmm. not a dog owner, it's like, mm, I have a dog. Oh, my dog has to do this. My dog has to do that. My dog, my dog, my dog, my dog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fucking dog. There is a dog. There is a, there is entitlement <laughs> around it. It sort of sort of reminds me a little bit of like remember back in the you know around the turn of the century when people could just like light up inside mm-hmm. light c- cigarettes. It's like the feeling of sitting with somebody nobody is smoking and one person is like I'm gonna smoke. Does anybody care? <laughs> it's sort of like yeah, yeah, we all yeah care. you're the yeah. only one who's doing this. So yeah. yes, we all care. You can do that elsewhere. But yeah, that's a that's a whole thing. <laughs> okay, well Naomi, I think we're all gonna die on that hill. You gotta be yeah. gotta be we a agree with your hill. courteous you dog. Dog owner, if you're gonna have a dog, I didn't. I didn't even know I needed that. Thank you, Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cathartic. I'm gonna do the hill that I will die on this week. It's a thing that has bothered me my entire life, and continues to accelerate in how much it bothers me. Christmas is not a horny holiday, and Christmas music about being horny does not work for me. Couldn't agree There's, more. Does that include like all I want for Christmas is you? Um. That one is on, that one's borderline, but I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. No, No. there is no horniness on Christmas. Santa baby. No. Why are you horny for Santa? I don't like all of the the songs that that are like contemporary Christmas songs that are like, oh yeah, last Christmas you gave me my, I gave you my heart. What were you doing going on on a date on Christmas? Who is like, let's have a first date Christmas day, me and you. Like it's not a horny holiday. It's about nostalgia. It's about family. It's about home. It's about eating and drinking and children. And it is not about horniness. But it people don't want to be alone on the holidays. And also it's cold. So people fuck. What? No, no, it's cold no. The- I'm cool with like, but baby, it's cold outside. It's not a Christmas song. It's a cold weather song and winter mm. weather, which is also, about, it's, a, it's a cold weather song. It's not about Christmas. I don't like songs that are like combining horniness and Christmas and Santa, like Ariana Grande's song. It's like Santa, tell me. No, 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 no. Why is Santa your relationship expert? He doesn't know anything. He just makes toys. If anyone needs to understand what all Christmas music should roughly be about, listen to Judy Garland. Have yourself a merry little Christmas because that shit is nostalgia. It's like, are we going to be together? That's what it's about. I mean, it's almost depressed. The best songs are almost a smidge depressing. Yeah, Home for the Holidays, another really good one. Love the Christmas Car- Waltz. Christmas Waltz is it's great. It's that time of year when mm-hmm. the world falls in love. See, but not horny. It's That's not, not horny. horny. It's not horny. It's, waltzing is not a horny dance. No. Christmas it is could not- be. Anything can I be. I can only <laughs> harmonize to Christmas music, FYI. <laughs> Anyway, I just, I've had it with horny Christmas music. I wish that there was a way for me to, first of all, I wish I could turn off the algorithm on Spotify so that it stopped telling me to listen to Dean Martin throughout the year because I'm only listening to him on Christmas. Secondly, I wish there was a way to turn off the horny songs. I just want regular ass Christmas songs that aren't about 
horniness. Mm, that's the hill that I'll die on. I love Dean Martin all year round. <laughs> I'm sure hey, Mambo, Mambo Italiano. <laughs> this is just a singing episode. I can't help it, it you guys. It, I've got a deer on my sweater and plaid on my pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Karen, do you want to go next? No, let me keep thinking. Okay. Alyssa. I'm ready. Okay, go. Okay. So, Hill, uh, I want us to stop maligning fruitcake. Okay. okay, at the holidays. Let me tell you why. Oh. Because everyone refers to fruitcake like it's just one kind. Like it's the kind with like that's just you buy it and it's you you it can like be edible for five years. I make two kinds of fruitcake, a German stolen and an Italian panettone, and they are fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of being lumped in with one overarching umbrella of just fruitcake. Leave the fruitcake alone. Most of it's delicious, and I make it. I got sort of ratioed on my Insta story when I was making a stolen, <laughs> and I was very proud because I got it to rise. Mm-hmm. Like, that's always the thing. It's like my yeast, yeast is active. And people were like, I handle it, and you make fruit cake. Fuck you. I like my fruit cake, and it's Christmas. Leave me to, leave me to my shit. Okay. I can. Get, I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever even tasted fruit cake. I think if you had brought one and we could test it, this would be a more convincing hill, Alyssa. Yeah. You know what? It's my hell. And I'm the only one who has to die on it. So <laughs> you die can on fuck yourself. You. you can fuck How di- Did you find a hill yet or is just everything fine with you? I just wanted a free cake. <laughs> <laughs> what I was asking for. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I want to like, I, I, I want something like really stupid, but maybe something festive is the idea. Okay. I went to three parties on Saturday are and you I got, special? I know. <laughs> and it's one of those, it's one of those like normally, as you know, lying in wait like Nosferatu, nothing going on, just staring at a wall. And then it'll be like, oh, you got to go to a lot of stuff. And I drank too much. And I, I don't, I'm not sure that I want to have to drink over the holidays because I'm not good at pacing myself. Mm. And I don't think it should be my responsibility as a person <laughs> who loves liquids to have to not drink. So you're someone at a party when they do the toast who shouldn't take a sip. <laughs> I'm like, like, you know what I thought I think it is, is that whenever, whenever I, any liquid, it's like, I am a massive, maybe I'm a massive fan of liquids. So it's like <laughs> here, here, it's like coffee, it, like, or green tea or water or sparkling water or kombucha with sparkling water or a spritzer or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I always like to have a drink, but when I'm at a when I'm at a party, that drink is normally alcohol, but I drink quite quickly. Do you have and social anxiety? I don't know. Oh, interesting. Uh, first of all, Karen, you're really fun at parties. Uh, oh, second thanks. of all, my... Um, well, that's going to change, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, I was going to say that sometimes if I'm trying to not drink too much, I will switch in like a seltzer in between drinks, oh. which and you kind of are like, it's, it tickles and it doesn't feel like you're just sitting there chugging water. And it like, and then you hydrate and you feel, you feel better. You slow down and you you still get to do the nervous sipping. Cause I do that too. I think it's, I think I do a nervous, I think I, I think liquids make me feel safe. And so <laughs> when it's an alcoholic liquid, that can be a dangerous thing, you know, and you want to look social. Yeah. Well, this is a PSA. If you don't want to get too drunk at a holiday party. I don't know if this is a party. hill. I don't know what this is. This was like <laughs> it's a, a feeling. This it's was a like feeling. a, this was like a long, sad monologue. This is a, this is a hill you'll pass out. Girl, I talked about fruitcake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Alyssa, thank you for being here. Happy holidays, You're guys. a treasure. So uh, great to see you in your sweater. Yeah. It's all, it's a vision. Adorable. Karen, thank you for being here. Thanks to Naomi so for fun. being here and then abandoning us. And uh, thanks to you for listening. There'll be more hysteria for you next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support and to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadina Melkonian for filming and editing our video content every week. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.